I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello there, my friend. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Real English Radio. I'm your host, Tony Kai Zen. And today we're talking about productivity. In the age of widespread cell phone addiction and content overconsumption, Many of us find ourselves constantly distracted, which leads us to be unproductive, which leads us to feel like desperate failures because we're never getting anything done. But there are many books, podcasts, YouTube videos, and online courses that attempt to help people eliminate distractions and become more productive. The problem is that many of these resources present us with tips, tricks, and systems that simply aren't practical for the average person to implement immediately. When your life is a mess and you can't seem to stay organized or be productive, you need simple and practical ways to start putting your life in order and experiencing some level of success. It's those small, immediate wins that will encourage you to take your new lifestyle more seriously. In other words, when a solution is simple and practical, you can implement it faster and see results faster. The positive results are what motivate you to keep going simply because you see that whatever you're doing is clearly working. So in this episode, you're going to listen to a man whose name I do not know. Talk about a simple and practical way for managing your time and goals more effectively. Now, I say I don't know this guy's name because it literally is not posted on any of his social media pages. So we'll call this guy Jim. And I, I just made that up. I don't know why I decided to call him Jim. I guess because the first person that came to mind was Jim from The Office. Have you guys seen that show? It's fucking brilliant, man. The humor is really dry and awkward, and for some reason, I just, I just like it. I don't know. Anyway, let's listen to our friend Jim talk about how we can be more productive. The advice I'm about to share with you is literally worth... $484,528. And if you apply it, it has the potential to make you insanely productive and profitable. The only catch is this video is going to take you about five or six minutes to watch. So unless you think there's something better that you can see on TikTok today, stick around. You'll be glad you did. 
All right, let me stop it right there and explain a few things. The first one is the word catch, C-A-T-C-H, catch. In this context, a catch refers to a drawback or disadvantage to the situation being discussed. So our friend Jim is suggesting that the only downside or the only negative thing about this productivity advice is that it's going to take a few minutes for you to receive all of it. Okay, that's the catch. Because he's saying, I'm going to give you this amazing thing, make you more productive, but you're going to have to pay attention for the next four to five minutes. That's the catch. That's the disadvantage or the downside. Okay, now the next thing is, uh, let me see, stick around. He said, stick around, you'll be glad that you did. And to stick around means to remain in a place or continue doing something for a period of time when you might be tempted to leave or stop doing that thing. So he's, he's saying, man, stick around, keep watching the video, continue watching the video, even if you feel the urge or desire to keep scrolling. Just stick around. You'll be glad that you did. Right? Your future self will thank you for it. You'll be happy that you stuck around. That's past tense. Okay? So stick around. You'll be glad that you did. And let's hear Jim's advice. The advice itself comes in the form of a true story. So, in 1918, the head of a huge steel corporation called Bethlehem Steel was a man called Charles M. Schwab, a remarkable businessman, always looking for an edge on his competitors. Now, he wanted to improve his productivity, so he called for a, a renowned productivity consultant called Ivy Lee, and he said, help me to be more profitable and productive in business. Ivy Lee said, I would like to meet for 15 minutes with each of your executives. Schwab said, how much will this cost? And Ivy Lee said, nothing. I only want to be paid what it's worth. So do this advice for three months and then pay me whatever you think it's worth. All right, I'm going to stop again and explain a couple of things. So the first one is an edge. Our friend Jim is talking about Charles M. Schwab, or Schwab, I said the wrong, Schwab, S-C-H-W-A-B, Schwab. So he was a remarkable businessman, always looking for an edge on his competitors. And an edge, in this context, means an advantage or benefit that gives you a better chance of succeeding or achieving your goals compared to others who do not have that advantage or benefit. So if I'm looking for an edge on my competitors, I'm looking for some kind of advantage, something that will give me the upper hand and beat them in the competition. Whatever that thing is, that is my edge. Okay. Now, the next one is profitable because he's saying he wanted to improve his productivity. So he, he called the world renowned productivity consultant and he asked him to help him make his business more profitable. He wanted to be more productive. The word profitable means producing profit, financially successful. So if a business is spending $10 to make this product, but then selling it for, I don't know, 50, and after producing the item and then paying all the employees involved in the process, they keep more money than they spent. At the end of the transaction, that is their profit, which means the business is profitable. It's capable of producing money even after all the expenses have been paid to run the business. Whatever's left over is the profit. So if you have profit, your business is profitable. 
Hopefully that makes sense. All right. And the last thing is I only want to be paid what it's worth because Ivy Lee is saying, okay, I want to meet for 15 minutes with each of your executives. I'll give them this advice. I'll make them more productive. And you only pay me what it is worth. And what that means is the value or the cost. I only want you to pay what you think it's worth, what you think the, the true value actually is. So in the context of the video, he's saying, take this advice for three months and pay me in a way that reflects the amount of value you think I've actually provided to you today. So if you think it's only worth $5, you pay me $5. If you think it's much more valuable than that and you think it's worth $10,000, then you pay me $10,000. You only pay me what you believe it's worth, what you think the value is. I'm not going to put the price on it. You are. And your price will be based on what you think it is worth. Okay? Hopefully that makes sense now. So let's continue. Pay me whatever you think it's worth. So Schwab sent in all of his executives one by one to meet Ivy Lee. And this is what Ivy Lee told each of them. He said, at the end of every day, I want you to write down the six most important tasks that need to be done the following day. Then I want you to prioritize those tasks in order of importance. When you come in the next day, you are going to start working on task one until it is completed. You will not move on to task two until the first task is done. At the end of the day, if any of the tasks that you had are not finished, they get rolled on to tomorrow's task sheet. All right, let me explain a couple of things. The first one is a very common phrasal verb, which is write down. He said, at the end of every day, I want you to write down the six most important tasks. And so to write down means to take a pen or a pencil and put words on paper or sometimes type on a computer because a lot of times we'll say write down even if we're typing on a keyboard or a mobile device or something like that. It just means to record information either by writing or typing on your, your computer. Because you could say, I want you to write the six most important tasks, but write down just sounds so much more natural. It's more accurate, you know? You're literally going to put it down on the paper and write it. Hopefully that makes sense. Anyway, the next one is prioritize. Then I want you to prioritize those tasks in order of importance. And to prioritize means to determine the order of dealing with a series of items or tasks according to their importance. That's a very... Uh, formal definition to prioritize basically means to decide what is most important. You have a, a number of things and you put them in order from most important to least important. Now you have prioritized those things. Whichever one is most important is your top priority. You, all, you often hear people say that this is top priority. This is priority number one. Okay. I'm sure that makes sense. You understand, right? Let's move on. And ironically, that is the next thing I wanted to explain. Move on. He said, uh, you will not move on to task two until the first task is done. To move on in this context means to proceed. Just another way of saying proceed or continue. Proceed to the next task. You will not proceed to the next task or activity until you have completed the previous one. You will not move on or continue. And then he said, let me see. If any of the tasks that you had are not finished, they get rolled onto tomorrow's task sheet. So rolled onto means that any tasks that were not completed 
at the end of the day will be transferred to the following day. So if you think about, imagine you have two pieces of paper sitting in front of you on your desk. On page number one, on your left, there's a ball. That ball represents the tasks for the day. If at the end of the day, some of them aren't finished, you take that ball and you roll it to page number two that's on your right. The ball literally rolls over and onto the second sheet of paper. Hopefully that makes sense. I'm just trying to get you to visually see what he means by rolled onto. You'll often hear rolled on or rolled over or something of that nature in reference to transferring something from one place to the next. All right. Cool. I think though. Yeah, that's it. So let's continue. At the end of the day, if any of the tasks that you had are not finished, they get rolled on to tomorrow's task sheet. Do this for three months. At the end of three months, Schwab called Ivy Lee back into his office and wrote him out a check for $25,000. Now, that's good in today's money, but that was 1918. In today's money, that is $484,258.15. Why did Schwab pay that much? He would later say, this was the most profitable piece of advice I received in my entire business career. Now All right, the only thing I want to explain there is the phrase today's money. Because he said he wrote him a check for $25,000. And that's good in today's money. And in this context, today's money means the equivalent value of the money in the present day adjusted for inflation. Right? So back then, in 1918, he wrote a $25,000 check. But if you factor in just inflation from 1918 to 2023, that same $25,000 today or in today's money would be $484,258.15. That's the idea. It's a very common term in today's money. Whenever you're talking about an amount of money that was spent or transferred or generated in the past, you'll often hear people say, okay, well, in today's money, that's how much it really is, adjusted for inflation. You see what I'm saying? Very, very common. All right, so hopefully you understood and can follow the entire story. This guy, Charles M. Schwab, was trying to be more productive, so he called in a, a renowned consultant who didn't even want to be paid up front or immediately for his work. He said, I'm going to give you this advice, try it for three months, and you pay me what you think it's worth. That's some gangster shit. He's, he was so confident in his ability <laughs> to make them more productive. He was so confident in his methodology. He was like, bro, you don't even have to pay me right now. I'll give you three months free. You imagine a three-month free trial of some shit that's going to make you and all your employees more productive and thus more money? And he said, you know what? Take it. Three months free. And if you think... At the end of it, if you think it's worth nothing, don't even pay me. It's all good. But if you do think it's worth something, then three months from now, send me a check. And after three months of applying this simple methodology, this, this simple productivity hack, if you will, he wrote him a check for $25,000, which in today's money is damn near half a million dollars. And when he was asked, well, why did you write such a big check? For a simple piece of advice, he said, man, this is the most profitable 
advice I've ever received in my career. Nothing has made me more productive or more money, <laughs> you know? That's the idea of the story. And so now, our friend Jim wants to uh, tell us a little bit more, not about the story itself, but why it's so valuable. Okay, so let's continue. This was the most profitable piece of advice I received in my entire business career. Now you've got that half million dollar advice, you can either go off and do it or just stick around for a couple more minutes while I explain to you just why it's so powerful. So there are three reasons this advice is so good. The first is it causes you to make the tough decisions. Frequently, we spend our time on less productive activities because there are other activities which we don't want to do even though we're aware they're important. By putting them on a priority list, it forces you to address the most important task. And imagine, even if you don't relish it, what would it be like to have it done? What would that add to your life right now? All right, let me stop here and explain just a couple more advanced words for you. So the first one is the tough decisions. Now, you might know exactly what that means, but just in case you don't, it refers to the decisions that are difficult to make. You'll often hear people say tough when they mean difficult or hard. Very common. And so this phrase, tough decisions, you know, we often use it because th these decisions involve choosing between two or more options that have both advantages and disadvantages, right? Or because they require making sacrifices or facing consequences that are not necessarily appealing or desirable, right? So you know that the consequences won't be great or immediately gratifying, but you also know that you need to do it, or you, you know, this thing needs to be done. So you have to make the tough decision to just fucking get it done, even if it's not the greatest thing in the world while you're doing it. It's a tough decision to make sometimes, right? And so the next thing is, I think it was aware. He said, Frequently, we spend our time on less productive activities because there are other activities which we don't want to do, even though we're aware they're important. And so to be aware means to have knowledge or perception of a situation or fact. So in this context, Jim is suggesting that sometimes people avoid certain activities, even though they know those activities are important and they need to be done. So you're aware of this, you know it, you have knowledge of this, and even still, you avoid whatever responsibility you may have. The next thing I wanted to explain is address. Now, the noun address, the most common way it's used is like where you live. For example, I live on 123 2nd Street. I live at 555 California Street or something like that. That is your home address. And then every business, every structure, I guess, every uh, registered structure has an address i think i really don't know but that's besides the point address in this context is being used as a verb and it means to deal with or tackle a problem or situation right so in the context of the video it refers to addressing or dealing with the most important task on the priority list first because what did he say by putting them on a priority list it forces you to address the most important task it, when you prioritize your tasks for the day, it forces you to deal with the most important ones first. That's where all your energy goes. That's the idea. So to address something means to deal with something. You might hear in like a political debate 
or some kind of discussion, somebody will raise a point and they'll say, this is my point, this is what I think, blah, blah, blah. And they might look to the other person and say, would you like to address that? Meaning, would you, do you have something to say about that? She raised a, a valid point. You know, we want to hear your response. What do you have to say for or against that? Would you like to address it or acknowledge it? Say something, comment on it. Hopefully you get the idea. That's what it means to address something, to deal with it. And the last thing I wanted to explain was relish. Now, when I hear relish, <laughs> I actually think of the condiment that we put on hot dogs. I personally don't because uh, the shit looks nasty. But relish is like, hold on, let me, relish. It's like pickles and something else. Hold on, let me see. Sweet relish. Let me Google what is in relish. Relish is a preserved condiment made from finely chopped fruits or vegetables. Uh, cooked and picked product made of chopped vegetables, fruits, and herbs and is a food item typically used as a condiment to enhance a staple. They're saying everything except what it actually is. Examples are chutneys and the North American relish, a pickled cucumber jam eaten with hot dogs. Let me say that again. A pickled cucumber jam. That sounds fucking disgusting, bro. bro jam is jelly made from grapes and strawberries and you know, succulent fruits. It's sweet. It's delicious. Pickled cucumber jam. That's some nasty shit, bro. No disrespect to anybody who likes relish. It's a common thing to put on hot dogs in the United States of America, but you will never catch me with some relish on my fucking hot dog. There's just no way. Anyway, that's what I think of when I hear relish, but that's not what he means in this context. Relish in this context is being used as a verb. Okay? He said, imagine, even if you don't relish it, what would it be like to have it done? What would, what would that add to your life right now? So to relish something means to enjoy something greatly or deeply, to take great pleasure in this thing or to savor this thing. So basically he's saying, you know, sometimes you have to make the tough decisions and do things you don't necessarily want to do. You just got to do it. And by prioritizing the important things in your life, and then waking up in the morning and just following that list of important things, you're forced to address the most important things first. And even if you don't relish those things, even if you don't enjoy them, even if they're not riveting and fantastic and a great pleasure in life, just imagine what it would do for your life. Imagine how much better it would make your life, how much more productive you would be once you've completed those tasks. Even if you don't relish them, they need to be done. So just focus on getting them done, and then appreciating the positive value it brings to your life afterward or after the fact. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. 
From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I hope that makes sense. All right, but let's continue. I'm going to play part of that again because I just realized how long we've gone without hearing him. And I stopped him in the middle of his, his clip. So let me go back a little bit. activities because there are other activities which we don't want to do even though we're aware they're important by putting them on a priority list it forces you to address the most important task and imagine even if you don't relish it what would it be like to have it done what would that add to your life right now the second reason is it gets you started most days waste a huge amount of time people do in thinking what do i do You know, uh, I could do a bit of this, I could do a bit of that. And that wastes productivity. So just having things in a list will every day mean you can walk in to work and hit the ground running. Hit the ground running. That's what I wanted to explain really quick. So just to recap what he said, the second reason this is so valuable is because it just gets you started. A lot of us, when we're trying to become more productive, We have this mindset like, okay, I want to get more done, blah, blah, blah. But what should I do? Because you realize there's a million things you could do. And even if you know what things are important in life, or excuse me, which things are important in life, it's still like, how do I prioritize? How do I this and how do I that? Like, what should I be doing with my time to feel and actually be more productive? And so he's saying by adopting this methodology, you kind of eliminate the ability to waste that time because you made the list. So all you have to do is wake up in the morning and just follow the instructions you laid out for yourself. That's the idea because then you can just hit the ground running. And what that means is to, how can I say, to start a new activity or job quickly and energetically, right? You're not wasting any time. You just, if you imagine jumping out of a plane, this might be a strange example, but just imagine jumping out of a plane And you have your parachute and you're falling from the sky and you slowly descend to the earth. Eventually, your feet are going to hit the ground. And so you could land, let's say, vertically or statically. I don't know what the right word would be, but you land in one spot. Boom. You're not running. You're not walking. You just land in that spot and you stay there. But if you hit the ground running, you can immediately, as soon as your feet touch the ground, you're making progress. You're moving forward. You're getting shit done. Think about that figuratively. So you wake up in the morning and bam, you get punched in the face by life or your feet hit the ground, right? Literally, when you get out of bed, your feet hit the ground. You can immediately just go. You hit the ground running. You're not wasting any time like, oh, what should I do? Where should I go? Um, how, do, how does this work? You're not doing any of that. That's what it means to hit the ground running. So you'll often hear this in the context of work or your career when you transfer to a new company you know, it's, your boss might say, it's great to see that you've really hit the ground running. You've come into the company and with very little instruction, with very little time being wasted, you just, you just got it, man. You're on the job. You know what to do. You're integrated into the team well. You hit the ground running. 
hopefully that makes sense. If it doesn't, you know, let me know on Patreon, send me a message, leave a comment or something. I'll try to make it more clear. But hopefully you can understand the idea now. Okay, that's the only thing I wanted to explain from that part. So let's continue. A bit of that. And that wastes productivity. So just having things in a list will every day mean you can walk in to work and hit the ground running. The third reason this advice is so effective, and to me this is the most important, is it causes you to focus your energy on one single task. People today, they talk about multitasking. I heard a brilliant definition of multitasking. It is screwing multiple things up at the same time. Being busy is not being productive. All right, let me stop here and just explain one of the last things he said, which is screwing multiple things up at the same time. He said, people talk about multitasking. I heard a brilliant definition. It's screwing multiple things up at the same time. So screwing something up is a colloquial way of saying that something was done incorrectly or poorly, often resulting in negative consequences. And this is a very common thing to say. And there's variations of this expression because you might hear people say mess something up or screw something up. Mess, I think, is probably the most PG. It's the most um, child-friendly, you know, work-friendly, church-friendly. You can say it anywhere, anytime. Nobody's offended. It's not a bad word or anything like that. Oh, I messed that up. It means I ruined it. I did something wrong. I made a huge mistake. I messed it up. It's ruined now. Or you could say I screwed it up, which is a bit stronger. It's, it's not vulgar. It's, I don't think you're going to offend anyone, but it's definitely stronger than mess something up because, because of what the word screw means depending on the context because to screw someone can mean to betray someone or to fuck someone and i don't mean fuck like have sex i mean fuck over somebody to betray them or deceive them to do them wrong you know what i mean that's what it mean that's what it can mean to screw somebody so if you screw something up it's the same thing as saying to fuck something up which is just the strongest version of the same expression so you can mess something up that's neutral. Use that anytime you want. You can screw something up. You know, you can decide how vulgar that actually is. I don't see anything wrong with it. I would use it anywhere, anytime. Or you can fuck something up, which is obviously much stronger, much more vulgar, as they say. So anyway, that's what screwing multiple things up means. Multitasking is really just fucking multiple things up at the same time or messing multiple things up at the same time. There's no such thing as multitasking. I remember I used to teach a woman who was convinced she was capable of true multitasking, managing multiple tasks at the same time. She said, I can be cooking and talking with my fiance and, and reading something on social media at the same time, and I'm giving equal attention to all three of them. And obviously I'm not in her brain, but that just sounds like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's true. It's like looking left and right at the same time. It can't be done. Like, how do you put focus or, or, or attention in more than one place? I don't think we can multitask, man. I think, like, for example, if you're texting and driving at the same time, you might tell yourself, oh, I can focus on both. I can do both at the same time. But you're not, because every time you look down at your phone, you stop driving. The car keeps rolling, but you're not driving anymore because you're not focused on maneuvering the vehicle. And then when you remove your attention from you you remove your attention from the phone and put it back on the road, you're not texting anymore. So 
you might be switching focus incredibly fast, but you're not focusing on multiple things at the same time, right? I don't know. I'm not a neuroscientist, but, um, and that's not even the point of this episode. I keep cutting this dude off and like ruining his clip. I just wanted to explain what it means to screw something up. Hopefully that's clear now. But let's continue, my friend. Let me go back a little bit. Okay. People today, they talk about multitasking. I heard a brilliant definition of multitasking. It is screwing multiple things up at the same time. Hmm. Being busy is not being productive. Now just think this through. This is the last thing here. If you had six things that could be done and you spent your day working a little bit on each one of them, how long would it take until all six of them were accomplished? Quite a while. And until they're accomplished, none of them make you productive. But if you took one of them, worked all your way until it was completed, that would make you slightly more productive. So it's better to take one task at a time, starting with the most important, getting it done because it will add to your productivity and you will feel that you are growing. So how do you feel about this half million dollar advice? Do you already see how it's going to be beneficial to you? Well, can I ask you to do one other thing? Obviously save this video by pressing the little banner at the bottom, but can you share it with someone? one of your friends to help them become more productive too. And you do that by pressing the little arrow symbol in the bottom right corner of your phone and then selecting a friend to send it to. I wish you great success in whatever you do. Solid advice from our friend, Jim. I'm gonna to try to find out what his name is, man. Maybe I'll just send him a DM or something like that once I post this episode. I don't know. It's kind of weird that he didn't post his name anywhere. <laughs> Maybe he wants to be anonymous. I don't know. That's a common thing. I know some people who just don't want to expose themselves at all on the internet. But again, we're getting way off topic here, my friend. Um, that is the end of the clip. And so just to summarize that, that last part, our friend is basically saying, think this through. And to think something through, just blah, blah, blah. <laughs> to think something through. <laughs> to think something through just means to think about something deeply in a detailed and thorough manner to consider all aspects, all angles. Just consider this for a moment. That's what it means to think it through. You can try to do six things at the same time throughout the entire day, but until you've completed any one of those tasks, you're not really more productive because you haven't completed anything. You haven't finished anything. But if you take them one at a time and finish one by one by one, even if you don't finish all of them, you will still be more productive because you will have actually completed some tasks before the end of the day. So this is the case he's making and a case I support for um, doing one thing at a time. And I just think that's really difficult for us because we're kind of being trained in a way or probably a more accurate way of saying it is we are training ourselves to constantly divert our focus to, pay, to try and pay attention to so many different things at the same time. And we're constantly breaking our attention span and resetting it. And this is a very, I don't know another way to say it. I'm not a neuroscientist. I don't know if that's what's actually happening. But you get my point. It's different apps and tweets and notifications and work and the kids and what else, what's on TV. And then your favorite content creator posted a new video. You get that notification. It's a bunch of shit. 
that and whatever else you do in life. There's just so many things to be thinking about. So many things and people calling for our attention all the fucking time. And we think we can get a bunch of things done by doing a bunch of things at the same time when we're really not being productive. And eventually we realize that and we feel like shit because it's like, man, I'm just I'm doing all these things, blah, blah, but ah, I'm not making progress. And I guess the point of this video and this episode is like it could be because you're not single tasking. You're doing what you think of as multitasking. And as our friend Jim said during the episode, that's really just fucking multiple things up at the same time. You're not actually getting anything done. And so you're essentially wasting time because you're putting in all this energy and effort. And at the end of it, you haven't made any progress toward your goal. So before I even came across this video on TikTok, I've been implementing this solution. I honestly don't remember. Uh, actually, I do. I do. Years ago, I was listening to a podcast, the Bigger Pockets podcast, which is a show about real estate investing, which has nothing to do with this, but it's interesting how the best lessons and philosophies in life are applicable to all as or all aspects of life. You know what I mean? But anyway, I was listening to this podcast and this guy was talking about managing his time, being more productive, how he sets goals and reaches those goals. And he said he has this one document. And on this document, he writes his goals for the day, his goals for the week, and his goals for the month, his goals for the year, five years, and 10 years. Now, most of us aren't really taught to think that far into the future. So I think a more practical application would be goals for the day, the week, and the month. That's what I'm doing at the moment. And it's because I was struggling with the same thing, just just spreading myself so thin trying to do so many different things, thinking I have to do this, I have to do that, I have to do this, and putting time limits on myself just because I I guess I could call myself ambitious and I just want to get a lot of shit done. I want to be productive. But even if your intention is good, if the execution is bad, the result will still be bad. So I just had to slow down and realize, like, man, I'm trying to do way too many things at the same time let me find a way to actually be productive and get things done with less stress because all that unproductivity makes you stressed, which just decreases the quality of your work even more, which causes more stress. It's a vicious cycle, you know? And I had been experimenting with that methodology before and I kind of walked away from it, which is why I became uh, disorganized. And then um, a couple months ago, I don't know how, I just remembered it and implemented it and it's been working man just i don't necessarily limit it to six items sometimes there's more but just every night before you go to bed ask yourself what am i trying to achieve not just tomorrow or this week but in life in general where exactly am i trying to go what am i trying to do and based on that what things can i do today or tomorrow that will get me closer and then what about this week and then this month and it's this kind of thing you just have to experiment with. I can't really give you any fluffy, beautiful advice on exactly how to do this because everyone's life is different. So it's something that you have to implement and experiment with over time. I'm just giving you the starting point. But every night before you go to bed, just write down what is most important. Like at the end of the day, what will I need to have done to feel like today was a productive day? And then once you have all those, let's call it six things. It could be three, it could be two, it could be one, doesn't matter. But if there's more than one, order them from most important to least important. 
And then when you wake up in the morning, just do them one at a time. And the key to this whole methodology is discipline, because I'm sure you're going to find if you actually try this, that you'll prioritize things, you'll make the list, you'll wake up in the morning, and then you're like, fuck, I don't want to do this shit. Because the most important thing, oftentimes it's the hardest thing, and you put that as the first thing to do when you wake up in the morning. And if you have been unorganized and been lacking discipline all this time, it's not necessarily going to be the easiest thing in the world to just wake up and be disciplined and follow this schedule you set for yourself or this to-do list, let's say. Because you might find yourself skipping to number three and then to number two and up to number seven and then finally number one. And you never get to number five or number eight. You see what I'm saying? You might just start choosing whichever one you feel like doing. And I caution you to resist the urge to do that because then there's really no point in creating the list and prioritizing them if you're just going to do whatever you feel like. That's most likely what you've been doing up to this point, and it's not getting you anywhere, which is why you clicked on this episode, how to be more productive, right? So discipline is the key. It's always the key. The greatest system in the world means nothing if you don't implement it correctly. So I strongly encourage you to give this a try, man. It's a very simple, practical, and actionable way to just start putting your life in order. We can get to the more advanced, deeper, more difficult shit later, but it starts with your daily routine, right? The, the stuff you're doing right now in the day-to-day, that is what generates the next week, month, year, and decade of your life. So, man, give it a try. Listen to this episode again if you need to every night. Set your goals for tomorrow. Wake up in the morning, read each and every one of them, and then just fucking get to work, bro. Whatever your routine is, obviously, I don't know, but you get the basic idea. Give it a try. Try it for three months, and then send me a message and pay me what you think it's worth. How about that? This is Real English Radio, my friend. Hopefully you enjoyed the episode and got something interesting to think about. I am your host, Tony Kaizen, and I'll talk to you soon. Peace. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.